Hello and welcome to the final Adventures in Hard episode of World 4. I am Measy George, and I'm actually saying my name this time because I'm doing an award type show thing that totally isn't a complete ripoff of episode 99 of IMG's Polaroids. To put it simply, I'm going to be going over some of my favourite music released in the past year in different categories I felt like I could actually work with. So not a 100% ripoff, more like 95% so I still get the bad grade for copying off the nerds in the class without actually affecting their grades. The following are the categories. The three best remixes, the best remix pack, the three best collabs, the three best indie or underground producers, the three best more mainstream producers, the best song that became a meme, the three best labels, the five best albums, the five best DPs, and five best songs overall. I've tried not to copy anyone between categories, but if there is someone I mention more than once, then they probably deserve it. I also have one artist represented per category, so Deadmau5 can't win three awards for best cheese or some shit, I don't know. Everyone will be linked in one way or another down in the description. Also, I'm probably going to be a bit biased for some songs, as I am a hardcore slut, a UK and happy hardcore slut as well. So, without any further ado... The three best remixes. The original song doesn't affect the remixes ranking in any way whatsoever here, it's all about how it got its new flavour. And in third place is a producer I really found this year through Monster Cat, Elan Bluestone, who has had some amazing work this year from his album to his new Stone Blue project, but I've chosen his remix of Carte Blanche by Vericocha. It takes what the original already had in terms of club playability and turned it up to 11 with much cleaner production. In second place is Voxkai, who's been pumping banger after banger this year. In fact, she's even had two albums out, three in the space of a year. But one of my favourites this year was her remix of DJ Flaw's Punto. Punto was a belter already, but Foxkai's DB influenced percussion lines and fills just makes this song almost godlike. since starting basically, Technical, who remixed the Ben Nicky and Apollo remake of Dance. What can I even say except just wow. Every single song Technical has actually put out this year has been stellar, whether remix or original. For example, Control with AK-47, the remix of Summer Jays If Ever, and of course its most recent Fusion with Jogschmied. But this remix has stuck in my head since it got a Beatport preview, and for good reason. Dance with me all night. 
remix pack. This year we got some good remix packs like the Eddie one from earlier this year along with some more in 2022 that are announced like the two Darren Styles packs and the Muzz one but my favourite remix pack this year was Link's Turbo remixed pack as it was absolutely stacked with talent that I was already following. In four tracks it brought so much heat that even Gordon Ramsay had to leave the kitchen. Why the fuck did I write that? I'll play Link's VIP of I Want You as its representative, but the rest of the tracks need to be heard, as Technical's remix of Fado was one I didn't mention in the previous category, for the reason that I couldn't mention Technical twice in one category. Audio Freak remix come together in a hard style and raw style fusion, with some of the stylings from Dance to Music as well, and Hellbound remixed on a roll in his darker techno style showcased on his incredible Afterlife EP last year. Yeah. 
three best collabs. These are three of the best songs that were put together by more than one person or band that are also credited. So while 100 Gecks can't qualify on their own, if they were to put out a song with, say, Dorian Electra, for example, that song itself would qualify. And in that vein, in third place is AK47 and Inquisitive with Turn Me On. All three drops are so ridiculously catchy and danceable, and if it's not already, it needs to be in your sets. Yes, even yours, Mr. Ambience IMG. In second place is one from Form Storybook earlier this year, so even the artist name list is itself a book. Aethero, Aspect, Felimos, Glass, Stardew, and Viznode, featuring Unit 333 with Light for the Wicked. It's just 8 minutes of pure audio bliss, and there are so many incredible ideas in this song to make it feel like the story that it's actually based off. All of Form Storybook is incredible, but I could only choose one sadly, so I had to choose my personal favourite. I didn't realise I needed the collab from so badly, that also introduced me to a new label as well. Mad Girl and Water Spirit with DNA. This song hits just so different. The bass lines, the kicks, and the mid-drop switch-ups, the fact that this is 150 BPM Water Spirit, I didn't even know they found the BPM lowering switch. Speedhouse movement was so lucky to have them both, and if there are any more collabs planned between them, I cannot wait to hear them.
the three best indie producers or bands. These are the people that need to be highlighted more because they've all been making incredible work that doesn't get the love it fully deserves. And in third place is Webcage. Currently, as of writing this script on the 19th of December, formed of 29 members, Webcage is a collection of hugely talented indie producers, vocalists, sound designers, etc. that got formed last year and released two songs, Nonsense and Onions. This year they've had more attention with Oh My God I Love You So Much, Little Crush from Forms All Night of Volume 6, and their debut album, Peer to Peer, showcasing the range of hyperpop and indie dance. Previously went by Yggdrasil and has recently changed Alias to reflect a change in production style. They released their third album this year, Resonant Faith, along with a few extra songs along the way like Voices on the Half Heart Project's Pride Volume 2 and Psychoto Mimetic on the recent Millennium Strike demo disc and they've all been incredible. I was also lucky enough to have them as a guest mixer on my own Pride podcast episodes. They've just released a showcase of upcoming 2022 music from the new project and I seriously can't wait. In first place is Former Hero, who got his flowers this year, for lack of a better phrase, with his first album on Bitbird, Footpaths. I don't think anybody does production the exact same as Former Hero from what I've heard anyway, as he combines elements from so many genres in a single distinct sound that sounds so clean. But Footpath subverted that with some of the muddiest guitars and bass lines to elevate his already outstanding sound to the stratosphere, as well as taking previous ideas and expanding them, like with Viaduct taking lyrics from a previous song he released on a five song pack last Christmas called The Swimmer, and I could ramble for ages, but I'll let Hal Velen do the talking now. Mm-hmm. 
best mainstream producers or bands. These are the more mainstream producers that gave us some incredible music this year, such as in third place from his debut album is Little Nas X. I don't need to tell you how influential Montero was, I don't need to tell you how incredible his collaborations are throughout the album. You most likely already know, and if you somehow don't, go and treat yourself. He really gave us one of the queerest albums in history, told us to eat it all up, and I happily did. No crumbs. In second place is Dead Mouse, who gave us six bangs this year. He could have released one, and that could have honestly been enough, but we got treated to six, four of which were either collabs or featured artists, like Lights, Wolfgang Gartner, Foster the People, and Rez. This year, he's taken a step backward in production styling, giving us hits in a similar vibe to some of his older stuff, like I Remember and Sophie Needs a Ladder, but given a new life that manages to keep this older style of progressive house still in the forefront of our minds, and I can't wait to see what 2022 Mouse gives us. And in first place is Tatsun Ocean, who went by 4 star until late April this year, so I may be mentioning some music released under that name. He's probably one of the hardest working producers on the scene right now, releasing under a myriad of labels like 170, HPTG Music, Bionic Bear, Electric Fox, Dirty Works, Waveform, Woos Records, etc. A total of 20 different releases from what I could find on Beatport alone. He started out the year with running on 170 and just kept getting better and better. And with new music already pre-ordered in 2022 with Window, more fucking bass, this sound is astronomical. Are you sure you're ready for this?
song that became a meme. Well, this is my favourite song that became a centre of a meme, and while we've had some good ones, I only have two words to say. Omni-man. Or well, is that one word since it's technically connected by a hyphen? N never mind, nothing could beat the one and only Hot Milk by Snail's House, and this is technically the second round of this being a meme song since the first time was on Tumblr in 2016 if I remember correctly, with Furiosis doing the same thing. Well this time I got so involved in the meme that I made a bootleg using my side project. As in, go and listen to it. After this, of course.
the three best vocal performances. To put it simply, these are my favourite vocals and or vocal mixing within a song that's released this year. And as my main example, in third place is Priyanka and Lemon on Priyanka's own track, Come Through, where Lemon proved that she truly is a straighter or gayer rapstress. Lemon's verse was so well known in the gay TikTok community that Priyanka herself uploaded a one hour version of Lemon's verse. I do also think that Priyanka's vocals are overlooked by this, as she truly adds the main flavour to the song, driving the beat forward and sounding truly incredible. These drag race queens are coming for the pop stars, and I'm living for it. Don't even have to ask for it, for me to get it. When you see my ass in this, I charge credit. Your dad drops stacks on this, and don't forget it. He's trying to find my pussy pics up on Reddit. Gloss on the blunt, ain't sorry, it's Fenty. Don't mean to stunt, but we stunt in plenty. End of the night, and your bank account empty. Yeah, Lem Yonka own 2020. It's like the FF necklace, VIP guest list. Leaving boys breathless when we get breathless. Mouth is infectious, roll up in a lesson. Second place is another biased pick, but it's Liar Adams on the Euphoric Nation and Michael Fear on track, Stranger. Not only are her vocals perfect for the song, but the mastering of them melds so well with the main beats. It's one of those moments where the vocals and the instrumental complement each other to a higher level than they ever could on their own. Uh, I don't know, I feel like I'm just repeating myself, I just love it so much. And in first place is Lights in the Dead Mouse track When the Summer Dies, and it's just a chef's kiss moment. Lights provides such raw vocal styling to her performance, and Dead Mouse works with it perfectly, giving her a complimenting, playful, and fun beat to go alongside it. We've already seen the magic that Dead Mouse and Lights have together with Drama Free, and this is amped up to an insane level since it's not just a reworked Dead Mouse track from the past, as far as I know. Feel free to correct me. I could gush for ages, but. Just, just listen.
the three best labels. I admit this is a pretty strange category, but it's the labels that have released the tracks I have most consistently enjoyed. So in third place is 170. These folks would be pretty high on my list every year if I actually made this type of list every year, and this year was no exception. Starting the year off with Technicore and AK-47, then going into their remix sub-series of releases, it's been banger after banger. We've seen a few new faces join the ranks this year, like Quickdrop, Tatsun Ocean, Jerry Riot, Novocaine and Frackers and Darwin among others. They've put up a teaser of the first 2022 release that I mentioned earlier, and it's the beginning of an incredible year. I just wish they had more releases sometimes, but that's how it goes. In second place is Mousetrap and with it Housetrap, as they've had incredible singles from people like Deb Mouse, Eddie, Looper, etc. Amazing EPs from Casablanca, Le Morne, Morgan Page, and two massive compilations, We Are Friends 10 and Electromag. Just thank you, I don't, I don't know what we did to be so blessed. And in first place is the Tabula Rasa Record Company, for multiple reasons. Firstly, it's because of the insane releases like Kelvin's brilliant album EFYL, Ramon Pang's insane Nature System Deluxe album, and Voxkai's beautiful album Lucid, and all the singles too. But secondly, is because of the way the record company works. I'm probably not explaining it in the best way, and it is described on their website, but they're a record company, not a record label, so they keep a record of the releases under their name, but the profits go to the creators of the music, as far as I know. And with Kineteki's album coming fresh in the new year, this is a company I'll be keeping my ears on.
before we get to the last three and main categories, I wanted to give a quick memorial to some of those we lost this year. While I can't cover every single one, lest this be like a five hour episode, I can cover a couple of them that have affected the musicians that I follow the most. On January 30th, we lost Sophie, a musical pioneer in pop, hyperpop, indie and more obscure dance from a fall in Greece. Her memory lives strong and proud in the LGBTQIA community, especially so in the transgender community as she was one of the first transgender pop stars. On April 29th, we lost Pierce Fulton, a prominent figure in house, trance and ambient music, after taking his life. His music will never be forgotten in many musical communities due to his massively popular releases on many labels like Monster Cat, taking on topics such as his own depression within his music. On July 16th, we lost Biz Marquis, also known as the Clown Prince of Rap, due to complications related to his diabetes. His light-hearted take on New York rap with songs like Just a Friend have continued and will continue to influence the hip-hop scenes, and I hope he's able to keep entertaining in the afterlife. You, you got what I need, but you say he's just a friend, and you say he's just a friend. Oh, On August 4th, we lost Paul Johnson, one of the first major influences on modern house music and DJing due to COVID-19. His stamp on house music still continues to shine today, as without him, house probably wouldn't even sound the way it does today. August 20th, we lost Ian Carey, cause of death unknown as far as I know. His influence on house, and European house specifically, can still be heard today, as some of his work showed early signs of big room and snap house, such as on Get Shaky. On December 10th, we lost Charles I, cause of death unknown as far as I know. His music has already touched the hearts of millions across the globe, and is most likely influencing some of the next generation of musicians, as can probably be heard from some of the artists on labels like Bitbird. To all those that I've mentioned, and to the many more I couldn't, may you all rest in power. Five Best Albums
these are the 5 long plays and or compilation releases that I enjoyed the most this year. And kicking it off is Rave Kick 005 Chain Reaction by HPTG Music. I've mentioned it before but I am a UK and happy hardcore slut, so some had to be in here somewhere. And who better than the label that can release nothing but bangers? HPTG just couldn't be included in the best labels because of how infrequently they release, but when they do they are guaranteed to be insane. The culmination of which being the Rave Kick compilations. So not only were there new faces on the label and this compilation, like Darwin, Tatsunoshin as 4star and Atec, but the label regulars put out some of their best, like Jack Zed with Boomerang. What a fucking tune! In fourth place is Lil Nas X's Montero, and I've already gushed about this before, but the sheer jump in production level from Old Town Road, I think that was three years ago, is astounding. And and who would have thought back then that the SoundCloud rapper would be collaborating with relative giants like Elton John, Doja Cat, Megan the Stallion. In third place is Mousetrap's Electromag, which I also gushed over earlier, but the songs were just so fucking good. It even gave us the Wolfgang Gartner song, the original, which he's been teasing us with for god knows how long. New Eddie songs, no manners talent, and it's just the perfect compilation for house, electro, and complex show fans. Second place is Lady Gaga's Dawn of Chromatica remix album. It's already been mentioned online that this was Lady Gaga's unofficial tribute to Sophie, with remixes by Dorian Electra, Charlie XCX, LSDXOXO, among others. It seems like it truly is. And even if it is, what incredible artists to bring on for remixes, bringing genres like hyperpop and up tempo hardcore into the mainstream like it deserves. And in first place I'm kind of cheating, but it's All Night of Volume 6 released by Form. 50 songs by a plethora of hugely talented artists and bands all for charity, where each song is done with so much love and heart. All Nighters are all so good, but Volume 6 elevated to a level far above that even the songs that couldn't get on the compilation were incredible. I just can't wait for Volume 7 next year.
ending, Monica. Oh, well. The five best EPs. These are the releases that aren't long enough in length or tracklist to be long plays, i.e. seven tracks or 40 minutes, at least from what I know, but I'm not an expert so I'm just kind of picking the ones that I like and hoping that they count. And in fifth place is Priyanka's Taste Test, and these are all perfect club bangers. I've already talked about Come Through earlier, but Snatch, which is in the background, Cake, and Bitch I'm Busy all hit the perfect bouncy club vibe that it absolutely needed to, and Afterglow is brilliant for that 5am just leaving the club moment. is Pink Pantheress with To Hell With It, and I discovered her through BBC Radio 1. Her production style is just so perfect, taking samples of 90s house classics and recontextualising them into new styles and with new vocals, like I Must Apologise, which is in the background, which uses the organ sounds from Crystal Waters' Gypsy Woman and turns them into a liquidy drum and bass goodness. Yellow Claw's Holy Bass God, which I must mention because of my laser gun bootleg, but the rest of the EP is full of hard bass belters like Kawaii Aceways. I'm kind of sad that his latest was Trap, because I love his hard bass stuff so much, but that's the happy hardcore slut returning. In second is Underscore's latest, Boneyard aka Fearmonger, which takes all the incredible from the Fishmonger album at the beginning of the year and amps it up past the max, giving us seven indie dance and indie pop masterpieces, as well as seven of the longest song titles that I've ever had, such as the one that's in the background right now being... Lone Sharks aka Spoiled Little Brat 2, dying in the northern hemisphere somewhere. Because, honestly, why not? Such a brat, I can't afford to be So overrated, I can't ever be who you are All the strain in my priorities Can't read the future Let's go get daddy's credit card What do you mean? It's not as hard as it seems I'm never out at the knees So I don't see what your problem is And in first place is More Kismet's incredible Vendetta for Cupid EP Not only was the backstory so heartfelt to read through when they put it up on their Twitter but these are some of the five best songs of the year with incredible vocalists and producers and given that we've already got Call of the Unicorn I cannot wait to hear what's next from them.
hate the sun in your eyes, bitch, you cry All of your size, but it's alright Living your life, baby, I'm on the mind Every time, but you're so blind Like the sun in your eyes, bitch, you cry All of your size, but it's alright Living your life, baby, I'm on the Honourable Mentions Before we get on with the 5 best overall songs, here are some honourable mentions. A Cloudy Sky Blood rushing like current through a power line Box Kai Elemental and Lucid Rapture. Do you ever get the feeling that you're sleeping on a landmine? I'm gonna throw my car into a leak when I learn to drive. Ramon Pang. Nature System. Augmented Edition. AK-47, Control. Sick mode and ruler, too cold. Mouse and Res, Hypnocurrency. Darren Stars featuring Jael Van Dale, Need to Feel Loved. One hundred Gex. Me, me, me. Amaju, General Ray. Euphonics. Crystals. The 
five best songs overall. These are the songs that either surpass all previous categories or where for best album or best EP didn't have a single song that could be isolated from the rest of the piece. And in fifth place is the Kelvin remix of Roby's Uxalis. If I were to try to describe the genre in one or two words, it'd be softcore? Kelvin gave the already incredible song by Roby their unique ARP twist for a mellow yet chunky beat, set to a trippy vocal chop in the intro with a nostalgic movie feel overall. And given that we've also recently got a collaboration between the two on Kelvin's most recent album, I can't wait to hear more.
In fourth place is Kabario, Matatabe Sound System, DJ Nekajita, Shinonomi IF, and Black Servant with precious song dedicated to the stars. What a masterclass in genre fluidity, full flavour, and each genre represented as well. For almost 10 minutes, this song showcases some of the best in up-tempo, J-Core, chiptune, 90s style drum and bass, and dubstep, and does so with absolute splendour. And while they've each produced music since then that has been insane, nothing has quite topped this insane super collaboration between them all.
In third place is Voxkai with Sunburst, which really showcases the darker side of drum and bass right from the get-go, with dirty drums, muddy percussion, hard-driving bass lines, and an overall quite chunkier production, and it's just incredible. It gives the feel of chase scenes from movies like The Matrix, and I just love it so much. And the fact that she's put out two albums this year, as well as a load of singles and side projects, it's sane. second place is Exolite and Binary Ensemble with The Day We Met and upon hearing this for the first time it took me right back to being in secondary school, which is high school age for those in the Stars and Stripes land, where I would listen to DJ Phalanx's uplifting trance mixes while studying. The melody is so perfectly interweaving with the bassline and percussion, just incredible. It reminds me of listening to Guriella or Paul Van Dyke back in the day on those trance compilation albums as well, that they probably still do somewhere. And
And in first place is Darren Styles and Stonebank's Man on the Moon. We already know how incredible this combination is from past collaborations like Skank in the Rave and Sky is Falling and from their time together as Zero Hero but this is the perfect track in every way for me. The first drop is so heavy with the driving bass line and the double kick. Every time I hear the vocals I feel like screaming along with it despite being such simple lyrics. The lead syncs are just fucking incredible, having just the right amount of punch to them, especially with the early ending for this stranger fill sounds adding to that extraterrestrial feeling. The third drop takes what the second drop already did and accentuated it to a degree I thought wasn't even possible. I'm sorry for being a UK hardcore slut, well not really, but this track needs to be played everywhere. I'm just a man on his way to the moon Wishing the rocket would go faster mm. Oh, the stars remind me of you Yeah, they do I'm on my way to
Well, there we go, my favourites of the year. Of course, this is all completely subjective to my tastes, and I would love to hear some of your favourites. And was there anything obvious that I missed? That's it for 2021. Please let next year be better than these last two, because although the music has been beautiful, the world sure fucking wasn't. I'm going to be taking a couple of weeks off before I start World 5 to work on art assets, getting caught up on the YouTube channel, getting my new computer set up, and so on and so forth, so I should be returning better than ever. Love you all lots. See you soon.